You're listening to Source Fabric FM, and I'm here with Chris Lawrence from the Hive Learning Network. Chris, um, could you explain to us what the Hive does? Sure. The Hive Learning Network um, is, a, is a project that looks to uplift the learning and informal learning specifically in a city by using network theory and, and digital tools and the practices of the web to connect libraries, museums, after-school clubs, coding clubs, digital media clubs, community organizations, and have them work together and do shared projects and have uh, a network in which to share practice to better uplift the learning for, for uh, youth in a city. So this is something that happens in person as well as on the web? It happens anywhere, anytime, in any capacity. So it happens in parks, it happens in libraries, it happens online, it happens sometimes in schools. Um, so it's, it's distributed, it's connected, and it can be anywhere. So you're from uh, New York? New York City. And you are um, running the, the Hive there? Yes, um, I started... Um, was the director of the Hive Learning Network in New York City. Um, and from that, uh, Mozilla actually took over the running of Hive New York City. And I think the reason was um, that for Mozilla, as they were getting more interested in teaching and learning as a community and as a um, area of the world that they wanted to affect through, through their theories and practice, that taking over something like the Hive and integrating it into their practices was going to give them a vibrant uh, learning and teaching community and a laboratory in which to better learn from, leverage, and up-level the work from that community so that they could have a more informed way to get into the learning and education space. Um, and so from that vantage point, when the work matured within the Mozilla Foundation around teaching and learning, um, I was able to take a role, a broader role as senior director of the Mozilla Mentor Community, um, which really takes the WebMaker idea um, as uh, in web literacy as, as a as a push and as a tool set and as a community and then the Hive Learning Networks then are a large strategic plan on how you actually build that in, in, in cities and locations. Is there a particular age range that you aim the Hives at? The Hives are actually, they are um, targeted at teenagers or, or middle school. I sometimes, uh, you know, anything from a 10-year-old to a 24-year-old, which is a pretty big range. Um, but it really is a, a strategy of, of taking people as they enter young adulthood and, and shaping their learning environment as they're able to, to more uh, maturely um, interact with the world and investigate the world around them. Also, when we looked at where the opportunities are and where youth are falling down, it's that middle school, that age 10, 11, where they get in more trouble, where they, where you know there's just puberty. And so there aren't as many support structures for helping youth sort of survive that time, so to speak, especially in an intellectual capacity, and ones that take advantage of what digital tools and the web give them, which is actually authentic ways in which to interact with the world. So we, that's why we wanted to target that age, and um, and through that you can get them on, on, on the right track, um, whether that's civic engagement, academic success, career paths, um, or just having a sort of traditional kind of liberal arts view of the world. So are the hives run by uh, professional educators or community volunteers? All of the above. So um, 
the hives generally have uh, either a volunteer or paid staff that sort of organizes all of these different groups, but really it's as a distributed network. So for instance, just to give a New York City example, um, we may have professional educators with PhDs at some place like a New York Public Library or American Museum of Natural History, but at the same time as members of our network we have small um, completely volunteer-driven organizations like uh, Coder Dojo New York City, our group like Script Ed that does um, coding curriculum in schools. And so these are those are small places, um, small organizations and nonprofits that are complete volunteer-run. So we, we have a really a mix um, of all of those type of organizations and then the individuals that staff them. So if uh, someone wanted to start a hive in their city, um, how would they go about that? Well, we're, we're in the process of actually um, pushing out something that we're kind of calling the Hive Cookbook. And so this would be uh, a soup to nuts of the different strategies, techniques, things to try um, um, that people can then take from a self-serve capacity and start to organize themselves around. Um, and then through that and through getting some organizations together, running some events, getting some momentum, um, connect with folks that are doing hives in other cities to build sort of a network of, of networks on top of that and to get support, to get advice, and to connect with and share um, projects, technologies, best practices with their, with their colleagues. Um, I think a real practical suggestion that I would make is sort of twofold. If you're interested in a hive in your city, um, one is just organizing, kind of good old community organizing, find out who's interested, set a meeting time, get people together, have them get their common goals, write get, write a, a hive manifesto for your town and, and, and start to say what those first couple steps are. The second one is um, run something that we sometimes call a, a hive pop-up or a maker party. And this is the best way to understand the power of what a hive can do is by running one of these events because they actually model uh, all of the hive ideals in one three or four hour block. So you get a bunch of organizations sharing their stuff, working side by side, inviting youth. Youth self-select themselves through that. They do what they want. They sort of set their own agenda within that learning space. And at the end of that maker party, the community that you're trying to bring together has a much more visceral understanding of what a hive is rather than sort of the endless talk. So um, our sort of first suggestion to anyone is throw a hive pop-up, throw a maker party, get 10 organizations in your city together, run an event, and then get back and reflect and unpack what that event was and how it went and what the next steps would be. So in the New York um, hive, what kind of activities would the young people be doing in a, a typical workshop? That's there's a wide range, sure, and it's it is driven by the the missions of the individual organizations and then the projects that they come up with. But we do have a lot of great examples of, of different projects. So one one of our longest running projects is probably about almost four years old now, is between the New York Hall of Science, the Bank Street College of Education, um, and a small nonprofit um, environmental mapping organization called Habitat Map. And it's really wonderful because it's open source hardware, it's open source software, it's mobile, and it's citizen science. So it's, it's um, Android apps that actually connect to, to student-made probes that, that 
that sniff the air for CO, for CO2. Then the mobile app brings in that data. It gives a visualization for that data for the student to, to sort of, uh, the youth to sort of understand what the ranges are, something like red, yellow, or green to see if the danger of the air or of the amount of pollution. And then that ports to maps where then the students can go back, create maps of their findings, report out their findings, blog, and then create dynamic projects um, to address um, a pollution problem that they've unca- unpacked with their data. So that's one example of, of a long-running project. Another one that I've loved and been really excited about that's also about two years in incubation now is a big idea of Hive is how do you reach students that aren't traditionally reached um, and and then from an interest-driven meet them where they are. What do they want to do? Not the sort of imposed educational agenda. So skateboarders are traditionally uh, a youth culture that's not, I mean, very interested in education at any level, even at the sort of informal level that a lot of our other organizations might excel at. So a small um, um, folklore group in New York City, Lower East Side, you know, they sort of studied the folklore of New York City called City Lore, became friends with skateboard culture and the sort of adult wranglers who who help skateboarders out and, and try to kind of connect them back with the education or some um, way society so they've actually been making digital videos and building android apps that they then stick onto their skateboards and to digital production physical making um have totally started to to loop in these skateboard cultures um through this production centered educational approach and now we have these skateboarders just doing amazing amazing things it's called the kick flick program and for two straight years has been this big gathering in a new york city skate park of literally five or six hundred skateboarders and every year there's a, a subset segment of them that have been working on the kick thick project and setting up their sort of make shops and the, to see that all the other skateboarders kind of coalesce around and get excited by whether it's whether it's uh the, the digital videos or the android builds has been really exciting do you have any evidence that these programs are actually feeding back into mainstream education or helping students uh, do better in the in the conventional system? We, we're starting to. Um, we've got some light research that that has said that uh, sort of um, interviewing them pre and post different mm-hmm. hive experiences they they have increased their interest um, and aptitude uh, or at least a desire to apply some of this. Mm-hmm learning about themselves as learners and apply that back into an academic setting. Um, We actually are also working with um, something called the Hive Research Lab, which is out of Indiana University and and New York University, um, that is going to spend three years studying Hive. And they have two key research questions. The one that I think addresses what you asked was, how does Hive map alternative learning pathways for youth that that they set for themselves and that helped understand the youth them help the youth understand themselves as learners understand that that learning is broader than maybe what they that they get from school and then understand how to apply that back in school and so seeing if that success and that youth-based pathways work and it's also looking at at how hives are how innovations scale and permeate throughout a network um, and then those innovations in education and how those roll out um, and become you know innovations on the edge that might become the norm for educational practice and how they they permeate back into schools or into other into other sectors where people are, are teaching and learning so if we want to find out more about uh, hives uh, what uh, url should we go to i think the best for now um because we're kind of building a bunch of different websites to to highlight this um but the the hive new york 
blog has been um, long established and also has become the place where we highlight a lot of the work that's being done in hives across the globe. Um, and so that's uh, explorecreateshare.org. Okay, well, thank you very much. Thank you.